Hello, Heron. <clears throat> Hello, Tom. Well, it's been a while, hasn't it? Oh, many, well, it's been several moons. Uh, I would think, uh, yeah, maybe three or four at yeah. least. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know where to begin. I don't know where to begin. Well, I mean, clearly I wasn't particularly happy where I was, so I decided to uh, invest some time and some energy and uh, a certain degree of pain to actually find a place <laughs> where I would feel a little bit better. And you found a place that you feel better. Yeah, better in a, in a number of regards. Oh, the work hours are still uh, are still a little hairy, but I do feel better. I do feel like I'm part of something and a wide variety of other things which are relatively esoteric. So I won't put them out to your listening audience because I know they're going to be picked to pieces. But, um, yeah, I'm I'm now in the uh, the South Bay. I mean, I would prefer to be in the North Bay of, of San Francisco, but the South Bay has some charm as well. So I haven't been listening to really any podcasts in the past few months. I've caught a few, and I've caught a few of yours, but not in any incoherent, not in any coherent way. Yeah. So I guess um, I guess I'm looking for an update from from what's going on with you as well. Hmm. Yeah. <sighs> well, <laughs> what can I don't I don't I hardly know what to say. What I can say is things are going quite well. I'm really pleased. You know, and I also I came to terms with one of the reasons why I'm in no hurry to do this, and I realize is actually my life is really pretty comfortable, hmm. and I'm not in any hurry to uh, change it <laughs> you know i mean i do want to change it i do want to do all this thing this stuff but i'm you know i don't mind i really am sort of lazy and 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 everything is going quite well mm. and i'm happy and i have lots of time and uh so screw it i'm not in any hurry but but progress is being made and one of the things that's uh happened is that a few of the people that have been uh well, you know, I say there, I don't know how many. There may be fifty to seventy people who are like regular listeners, mm-hmm. and uh, some of them are actually beginning to do their own kind of work in this area. You know, they're, you know, I've been talking quite a bit with them, some of them, mm. but uh, they are, you know, taking it their way. So, expand that idea. What does that actually mean in the context of? I mean, if there are multiple ones, maybe yeah. pick two or three. Well, well, one of them, uh, there's a, in general semantics, there's this diagram called the structural differential, which is really fundamental to, um, in many ways, to the whole program. Mm. Uh, and if you, if you do a Wikipedia on structural differential, you'll see a picture of, of what, mm-hmm. it, what it looks like. Anyway, uh, it's a diagram of the way language meets reality or something like that. Oh, you're using the R word. Oh, I, the R word? <laughs> oh, I'm using all sorts of words. Yeah, my language machine is seriously, uh, you know, malfunctioning most of the time. Right. I've just learned, that's another thing I've just, I'm still learning to live with. Mm. <laughs> But but the thing is, I don't get stuck on any of that shit. If somebody points it out, I'll, you know, it's quite clear that they're right. Mm. Yeah. So so anyway, okay. he's doing his that that particular diagram could be made many different ways, and I've never been a hundred percent happy with it. But I've never really thought too much about rethinking the whole thing. And uh, one of the people has been doing, you know, just sort of experimenting around and ex- looking at what the implications would be, and that's just interesting when people start, you know, doing their own their own thing. <laughs> so the implications potentially could be either a simplification or some. Or expansion associated with additional. Who knows? I would. Ho- right. The thing is, it's something that comes with the training. I mean, ideally, I, I've made a couple of these things. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and the whole point is you have a physical object like this and that you repeat certain sort of formulas. I mean, it's, it's really weird and, and handle the thing at the same time. Okay, and it's on the point that your whole nervous system works together and that merely understanding the idea language-wise is certainly very good, but if, if you can get some kinesthetic and other structural things involved in it, that it can have a more profound impact for reprogramming the language machine. Mm. And so, so this is like this is like physical feedback. Something like you know, feedback. it's it's hard to talk about. It, but he recommends that you do this, and I did it, and you know, 
but you know, how do you know? How do you? I don't know if there's ever really been any kind of studies done on whether it uh, really so makes any difference or here's not. Here's the interesting thing. This is the idea of inflicting pain on the robot, fundamentally. That when you, there are certain things in, uh, well, in interacting with an environment or interacting with social groups or these kind of things that are not, by nature learnable through any other means than inflicting pain on the robot. In like, the case I don't, what do you mean? I'm not sure. Well, giving, giving certain negative stimuli associated with the robot doing particular things. And what do you mean is, by robot? You're talking well, about I'm language talking about, monkeys or no, you're talking, I'm talking about, about a robot? I'm talking about like, how can a you inflict pain on a well, robot? This is the whole notion. This is the whole notion. <laughs> this is, this is the metaphor that I'm describing. Oh, okay. That, All right. That basically the, the social programming, as as I see it, anyway, is something which is very much about certain inflictions of pain through, you know, either through perceived social pain or actual oh, physical okay. pain. Okay. And what you're doing when you have any kind of tactile response is actually, it's not necessarily pain, but it's giving physical stimuli to something which is, you know, is, it's a form of uh, reprogramming fundamentally. And in robotics and these kind of things, there's a metaphor of, you know, if you have a robot that needs to interact, and this is very anti-Isomov, mm. uh, fundamentally, because the robot is even more primitive than, you know, put in, you know, three presets or what have you. The, yeah, so the notion is that the robot needs to have some negative response, which can only be acted on by something in the outside world in order to get it to actively understand that irrespective uh -huh. of its logical construction, there is additional stimuli that it needs to take yeah. on board. And I think this metaphor is very good with regards to, you know, babies growing up and well, sure, uh, yeah. human interaction as well. Yeah, so, all yeah. of that, yeah. Well, anyway, yeah, the, that's a really different interpretation of it than, than what I had in mind. It, but in any case, it still, yeah, it holds up. The idea is the more channels that are stimulated uh, in accordance with a certain order, a certain uh, structure, that uh, it actually can influence us deeply in, in what he calls, what, what Korzybski calls our semantic reactions. Mm. But uh, actually, another guy has come up and, and started calling them, uh, tran what, what, what does he call them? Oh, e uh, evaluational transactions, which is actually much more accurate. Mm. Uh, that, that basically our whole being is in these constant transactions with the... the our sensory organs all the time, and out of that, uh, we make evaluations as to how to operate. Mm. And the nature of those evaluations is what general semantics is all about, and taking a look and seeing whether we have healthy evaluational machinery or not. And also underlying actual machinery. I mean, we can change our heart rate into a wide yeah, variety. Yeah, well, this, this accounts, uh, basically amounts to certain... Uh, and by this point, hardwired uh, linguistic strings in our language machine that just loops that we run over and over and over again. Mm. You know. So I tried an experiment before I left Vegas. I think the my relationship with my co-workers changed rather dramatically when I got this new position, and people who had looked at me with a certain degree of disdain realized that they wouldn't have to interact with me anymore. And this actually became quite friendly. And through these kind of discussions, I did actually put forth this idea of uh, linguistic programming and, uh, you know, and, and reference to you in particular, if people yeah. wanted to go on and listen to uh, this in, in great detail. And I think the, the speed at which, and these are, these are fundamentally language monkey engineer types. I mean, their, their language machine is not only refined in the, uh, you know, particular perspective associated with the, uh, dubious society, but also uh, with regards to various strange engineering concepts in software and uh, well, hardware. Well, they're probably language monkeys, just oh, like no, everybody no, but else. I think, I think there are multi-orders <laughs> here. You see, yeah. again, you've, you've got to remember that I like actually decompressing and not necessarily compartmentalizing, but at yeah. least breaking apart the definition. Yeah, no, so I agree, within, I agree. <laughs> within about 20 minutes, I had given them, and I always like using counterexamples because I think that's the fastest way to actually explain to people what you mean. Uh, and I had given them a sufficient number of counterexamples that they actually understood and were quite comfortable with this notion of linguistic programming and where they were. And then I said, well, Imagine taking that away because, I mean, that's fundamentally the, well, at least deconstructing it to the point where it's just 
you know, it, it's meaningless in the context of, uh, of you know, I mean, of taking away the ability to program it. No, just appreciate. I mean, you need to come to the appreciation firstly that this is not you. Yeah, that's the that fundamental this, distinction. Exactly. That's the, so everything I'm, rests on that. Yeah, <laughs> so that's 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 the first touch point that I went to. And then they said, well, if we don't have this, what are we? And I said, well, that's the interesting question. Right. I just left it with them. <laughs> that's right. That's exactly it. That's the big mystery. That's, that's more mysterious than quantum physics. So the curious thing about this is that they already assumed that I had some higher level knowledge through my <laughs> development and overlap. That's right. You got some... Yeah, yeah, right. You, but, know, you know all the I, mysteries. Well, not that I know all the <laughs> mysteries, but at least I'd explored this depth and simulation yeah. and i made heavy reference to uh to your uh well to our conversations and basically that this was not only something that could exist in simulation people were actually using it not only on themselves but also on others in order to well, we're uh, trying <laughs> experiments <laughs> to take over the planet regard. we're trying to take over the planet yeah That's i think right. we're going to so, replace homo sapiens with earthlings so the curious thing about this is that i actually think um, I was thinking about this associated with what it, what is it down to now? Are you t I heard one what podcast where you're talking about four stupidities. Well, it, it, I mean, it's still five. It's just that uh, the first four, any eight year. I mean, the fifth one takes uh, some time. It's like graduate mm. school. Mm. So what I'm but thinking think, is yeah. the four and then the, the graduate course. <laughs> I think I think that's too complicated. Four I think is too complicated. I think four is far too complicated. I think well, let me tell you something, because I, I agree with you. Uh, and what I'm getting at actually is the, the the really the big issue is breaking the identification with the voice. That's exactly. the issue, exactly. uh, and that might be able to be done reliably in a couple of hours uh, mm. in some sort of process. The other four are like are like the follow-on stuff. Yes, yeah, but I think that I mean if you were to convey to someone something in a relatively short amount of time, I think that at least motivates enough thought that if nothing more. They have something that they can work with from that point. That would be the idea to plant a seed, you know, something that gnaws away at them and exactly. won't go away. Exactly. A little meme. So I left that as I left Las Vegas. Ah, and where are you living now? I'm living in the South Bay. I'm living in Los Gatos, where I used to live. Wait, wait a minute. Oh, well, that's interesting. You call that the South Bay, but of course they would. The South Bay down in L.A. is there is a ah. South Bay down here too. Uh, I used to live in the South Bay. No, no, I live in the South. Bay. You live up in the North yeah. South Bay. <laughs> I live in the, live by the South South Bay. Yeah, it's like the Midwest, really. It means absolutely nothing out of context. Okay, so yes, I live in. Oh, how nice! Are you close to the water? Uh, I'm relatively close in both directions, actually. There's there's some potential for me to do some um, teaching down in Santa Cruz, yeah. and I'm not really sure. I've had a kind of standing invitation, then another group have contacted me and want me to do stuff down in uh, UC Santa Cruz associated with user interface. So I don't know how it's going to go. But, um, how nice. For now, well, I think, I mean, I've, I've always been, I've been sympathetic to a lot of what's been done at UC Santa Cruz. Uh, and I've been very sympathetic to some of the stuff that I've done as well. So, and certainly in the Bay, um, well, it's not in the Bay, but in the area, I think yeah. Santa Cruz and I have, uh, although, you know, there are other universities that have expressed some interest as well. So it's going to be an interesting period currently because I think this is, I feel, yeah, I'm, I'm not the same. I mean, I, I know you know I'm not the same person that we, <laughs> You never were. <laughs> I've never been anyone, really, but then. Um, That's right. Clearly, clearly. But then, um, yeah, so, some, some kind of deconstruction has gone on, and I think it's been very necessary, and I'm still in the midst of it. So yeah. this was my hesitation in potential talking tonight because I'm not in a. Well, that's the most answer. fun. No, yeah, you don't have any fucking answers and lots of good questions. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> that's, that's way more fun. The questions are more implicit than they are explicit currently. And I think they're more related to... And because I'm, I'm living alone currently as well, I've been living alone for the past two and a bit weeks, mm -hmm. uh, talking why, to my wife. Why is that? Oh, I moved up first. My wife had some classes she had to finish. I started work. Oh, when, so when's she going to join you? Um, in probably about a week's time. Oh, okay, so not much so, longer. Not much. The house has been packed up. I mean, this is the interesting thing about change. And when you were talking about how you're comfortable where you are currently, 
because I never acknowledge the brutalizing aspect about change that a lot of people feel. Oh, yeah. Boy, and I, I know that. <laughs> I am someone who basically can be numb to these kind of things, primarily because I, I don't know, I'm, I guess I'm always in the future in some regard in my own That's right, you're not here. You're, I'm not here. I'm not <laughs> so here. it doesn't make much sense. That's why it makes things here difficult. But no, my wife has really seen, the, and she made a video on YouTube of our house completely... I mean, it's just basically the the move has indicated that, uh, you know, the house in Vegas needs quite a bit of work. It's amazing, actually, how, um, yeah, it's just a shell now, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah every time I've moved out of a place, it, it, it always looks something, you know... Yeah, I hate moving. It's just, you know, yeah. even if it's to a better place, I still don't like moving. So the first part of the move put me where I still am in some temporary accommodation, uh, which is done through a, a third-party company, which is actually quite luxurious. It's a luxury apartment. And then, <laughs> then which well, is ridiculous, because yeah, I'm living really. in a room of a luxury apartment. I mean, yeah. I, don't, I don't want to live in a large luxury apartment. So I've got kind of the kitchen area. Yeah, the bedroom, yeah, yeah, you got and then there's another suite on the other side that I've completely shut off, and yeah, I'm basically living in a third of the space. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, so can I come live there? Well, I'll take the other two thirds. Yeah, I'm thinking about this. I mean, if I'd been more on the ball, Harold, if I'd been more on the, there were uh, more than a dozen people I thought. Yeah, you could have had a hell of a party, you know. I know. Have, just, you know, few, know. Yeah, but really. Well, see. this is the whole point about living in the future. You know, I'm, I'm just on, so. But the next step is going to be actually in a much smaller place, which is forced us to consolidate a lot of stuff, which in and of itself I think is a really good thing. But then also we will be looking for a home in this part of the world, which is another, you know, another iteration of something that I was doing two or three years ago uh, with the view that we both now are looking for something. I mean, our place in Vegas was not palatial by any means, but it was still, you know, still had some size to are it. Are you looking at being here for a long time now? I mean, are you set, sort of settling down, or so, is this just a, a until you... about getting citizenship here, which is very strange. I mean, I can't have normal conversation, aside from with my wife through video conferencing. So my dream space has really expanded with... I use my dream space to solve problems anyway. I have a very regulated kind of relationship with my dream space. But one of the more recent episodes has been involved with, do I actually now take citizenship? Which in and of itself is, I mean, my, my nihilistic former self would have said, no, citizenship is rubbish. Yeah, why does it make it? Well, well the question is, what difference does it make? That's, uh, that's you, the question. I mean, no, it, it makes no positive difference. That's the thing. In fact, it actually encompasses many negative. Yeah, I'm thinking, yeah, really. I th yeah, why? I can't imagine why. Well, I don't, I've never really looked into it, but the, it's really just yeah. a matter of being pragmatic, whether it's of any value to you. Yeah. I think, um, you know, there are certain things that U.S. citizenship denies you in the future as well. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. the ability to travel without being murdered. <laughs> well, yeah, that, yeah, well, I, I have three, well, I have three passports. I have two passports now, and I wouldn't be getting rid of the remaining two. I'd just reapply for them whenever because, I mean, basically, everyone I know who has U.S. citizenship also maintains their other citizenships as uh, well. Okay. So, right. plural. so, you know, irrespective well, so of what... So what is the advantage? I mean, what can you possibly get out of doing that? Well, I think the it's there's a there are a series of issues here which have nothing to do with rationality, and I think they have to do. With, so well, what do they have to do with them? Uh, they have to do with perceived commitments, which I think is a very strange thing, and certainly it's perceived, got nothing to do with. Yeah, in in this case, your perceived commitments. Yeah, I guess my, my I, at ten years, which is only only a few years away, I have to renew my green card. And that's really the is point. Is that a, a problem, or is that I something that's automatic? Oh, you're no, married I too. To, I mean, you know. I have to. I have oh, to I see. That's right. You have to. You, you're so. You, that's right. You have to play with their game anyway. Exactly. So it's just about which game are you going to play? Exactly. Because this is every ten years you have to go through this yeah. renewal, yeah. and you become yeah. a citizen, and that's the end of it. Well, I could have become a citizen already. I'm a little late on the citizenship thing in terms of the minimums, which I always do anyway. I mean, yeah. when we got married. I, you know, it took a long period of time to come back here, and when they had a problem with that, I was just like, eh? you know, <laughs> I mean, what's, what's the reality? I was enjoying yeah. being in the UK. So, yeah, it's a curious thing because my thought is if I own two homes in the US and I basically <laughs> have a commitment here associated with property, 
Bin, I don't know. Sounds like an American to me. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> I know. This is a terrible thing. I did get one of those new eyes. My God, he, he's <laughs> turned into a fucking American. Oh, no, no. Outsiders call it a yank. They'd say he's turned into a fucking yank. So, I mean, let's get the vernacular correct here. But, uh, anyway, I, I picked up one of the new iPhone. In fact, work gave it to me, and it has the speech recognition stuff on it, which is Oh, still I know, yeah. I'm still waiting. AT&T fucked me over bad, yes. and I should have had mine a week in, or two weeks ago. Yeah, it's but, like, but, it's like but, four weeks' worth of waiting. Yeah, I, I should get mine in the next week or two, probably. Yeah. I'll, I guess I'll survive. I yeah, know. yeah. So... <laughs> I found myself, because it won't recognize my regular voice, talking with an American accent in order to get the thing to recognize really? me. Really? You're talking heard, about Siri? Mm-hmm. I've heard friends in Australia say that there's an Australian version of it that they use that recognizes their accent. Oh, that's I'm a little surprised because... Uh, yeah, that's interesting. Because it seems to have... Well, have you... You've, did you have an iPhone before? Yes, I had okay. an iPhone 4. Okay, uh, so you already had voice dialing, right? I mean, yeah, you, I did you ever use that? that? It just bored me. Oh, I mean, ri- it's never going to get it right. So, I mean... Really? Know, yeah. How could it be easier than... So, I always wear my headset on anyway, and I just click on it and say, call John Mobile. Mm-hmm. And it calls John Mobile. <laughs> I don't have to look at the phone. I don't have to do anything. I just Yeah, but you that. don't know anyone called Barbalay. Well, no, I just have to find out how the how this thing... Uh, you know, it, maybe you have to say barbellet. I know, I know. That's that's the that's the thing. But I mean, I think the the breadth of names that you have, particularly, I mean, I have a wide variety of people that don't have relatively anglicized names. Well, no, I do too. I mean, believe it or not, most of the people I know actually are yeah have foreign mm-hmm. are from well, foreign clearly. Cultures. I mean, yeah, you, you've you've been just previously. Yeah, yeah. But I guess you're right. But I remember the old palm. I remember we had this discussion. Yeah. I think like the. You liked actually the script for the palm, didn't you? Well, I didn't use it. No, I I thought it was sort of interesting, but no, I never used it. I thought it was stupid. Okay, you, I'm I'm confusing conversation I had previously with someone else then. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I did like the system. I had a Sony Clie for several years, mm. and, and I loved it. But I mm. used a thing called F Italy, which is a, a, a stylus designed uh, text input device that that uh, I really liked. Mm. But oh, that's all. But no, I, now. I get very irritated when I have to do things around a technology, like mispronounce things, and that's basically well, my. That, but that's why it's interesting because I haven't had any. I was just going to say that's just been the greatest experience in the world since I've had an iPhone. I have never, and unless I was actually didn't know a number and didn't know the person or something, that's the only time I ever use that dialing pad. I just simply say call somebody and it does it and it works once in a while it it has confused you know i'd say one time in 20 maybe it screws up and then i have to pronounce it real proper (laughs) you know so i'm surprised that it's that much different for your accent i i would i thought this system was better than that no it's not um it's yeah i've i've even yeah, I, I think speech recognition. My preference was for earlier speech recognitions that at least learnt your yeah. style of speaking. Well, nuance is still out there, right? I mean, yeah. yeah, but that's not built into the system like Siri is. Yes. Well, have you called Apple about this and, and found out whether you can get an Australian system? I mean, <laughs> I, I minimize I, my communication with Apple. Um, well, but I mean, that sounds like a reasonable thing to do. It does. Oh, it does. Um, yeah, I'll there's probably a download it. on the on the Apple site. Possibly so. That that would seem a little bit too rational, though. I think. Oh, that's, okay, uh, that's right. You said this wasn't rational. I'm sorry. I but, uh, well, no, I just I think the um, yeah, it's a. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I. It's funny actually because this is a point that my wife makes frequently that I find myself in as well. Someone who you know, has particular interests in technology, certain things I just have absolutely no interest in. Oh, me too, <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, but, like networking stuff and all, all that stuff that's really important to know about ISPs and, you know, and Mac numbers and all that shit. I have no clue. I don't want to know even, actually. Mm. <laughs> that's, mm. that's, what, that's what tech people are for. 
<laughs> you just say, fix this, and then the people who know how to do it, fix it. Very good, very good, yes. <laughs> it's like magic. <laughs> yes. But, um, yeah, some interesting explorations with with living alone. And it's something that, um, I don't know, I've been doing a lot of walking as well. And just, oh. yeah, I just live a different life when I live alone, I guess. Well, the whole idea of living with someone, I mean, I haven't lived with anybody now for, I don't know, 20 years or longer, probably. And I just can't imagine ever living with anybody again. I mean, maybe, I actually shouldn't say that. But but yeah, it could happen. But I'm so I really do like my space. But I'm weird, I guess. After all this time, that you just sort of grow into whatever you're, <laughs> whatever you're doing. Hmm. Yes, I guess normal is always normal. Yeah, everybody's normal, including me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. One fellow has created something that you hold as you go through various... Well, he's working... No, he's just... He's been doing some drawings, and we've been talking about him and what the implications are. He's just playing with it, you know? So, are there other... And, and he's German, by the way. So, it, mm -hmm. he's also uh, basically translated the, or taken a look at the five stupidities, and he's doing uh, a podcast uh, in German mm. on, the, on that concept. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> you know, that's cool. Well, that's very productive. Yes. Yeah. No, that's, that's yeah. And, in I fact, because of that, I've changed the hours that I'm, I'm operating because before uh, the hours that I, I did on TeamSpeak were really very late for Middle and Eastern Europe. Mm. You know, so I'm coming on uh, two and a half hours early Monday and Wednesday now, so it's only like, eight o'clock at night in England and maybe 10 or 11 in Germany or, or further East. Mm. So I'm hoping that, uh, you know, I'll meet some new people. So one thing has changed since we last talked and that's that I no longer use talk shoot. I've had so many problems with it that I'm really? now doing my podcasts via Skype. It started probably about four or five months ago when the phone, I think it was more than that. It was well more than that. The phone company contacted me and said that they would be disconnecting or charging me more if I continue to use TalkShoe through the phone lines. So I thought, okay. Uh -huh. uh, and I moved to, they said it, they considered it a data line through the amount of time that who, I spent. Who, came, who said this to you? The telephone company, which was, I guess, Spring. You have a landline. I had a landline that I'd call in through. So, oh, I see. Oh, okay, all right. That was an easy choice. Uh, and uh, I moved to the TalkShoe client, yeah. which worked very well on the previous version of macOS, but unfortunately wouldn't work on the new version of macOS. So I thought, okay, well, I'll go in via Skype. And Skype had the problems of dialing in the actual code, which, you know, maybe took... That's how I get in there. I go in through Skype. It works great. Uh, not for me. Maybe it's because I have a seven in the number and it never recognizes the seven. Uh, I don't know, but so, uh, it works. So what I would do then is call in my cell phone to set up the call and then call in via Skype. And this kind of worked for another couple of months. And then finally, I would call and sometimes I would get talk shoe and sometimes I would get some kind of uh, magic jack <laughs> telephone number. And it was exactly the same number as dialed through Skype. Hmm. And this went on. So in something that would take me between five and ten minutes to log on just because it wouldn't recognize the number seven. Oh, man, yeah, that's a pain in the butt. So well, wait a minute. I don't understand this. Because I, I go in there, I've been going there every day for years <laughs> through Skype mm -hmm. and, and using the client, you know, the downloadable client. Mm -hmm. And I've never had a problem with it. So I'm just trying to – maybe you and I should talk and because it should work. Well, anyway – I think the the fundamental problem with TalkShoe is that it does the hold. people that are there. Yeah, well, uh, actually, it's, both, it's both that and also the people behind the scenes because I think their numbers are diminishing in terms of the technical assistance. So, I don't think they ever had any. Well, that's what I feel. <laughs> my feeling is, well, maybe it went from four to two to one. Yeah, from, you know. yeah, something like that. In contrast to Skype, which you know has now Microsoft's resources behind it, but also has a number of additional features, which firstly puts the muting responsibility on the participants. There's basically it's their responsibility to mute themselves, yeah. but also 
it's uh, you know they they can be hung up on if if things get too raw because that hasn't been my experience. Yeah, it, yeah. There's not an there's no good user interface in Skype for multiple. It's uh, problematic. Yeah, it's yeah. Well, it's, it's not you just workable. Need to answer. Well, no. <laughs> well, it's workable in if you've got a bunch of responsible people and a very limited Same. topic. <laughs> well, okay. So that's model recovery. Yeah. So yeah, that so it might work. Yeah, that might work for you. Uh, and well, the other benefit is that because I'm now reliant on the recording client that you recommended called mm-hmm. Recorder, yeah. uh, I have a stereo track, which means firstly, when I talk, I know when I'm talking, and when they're talking, I know when they're talking in the post-production edit. So that actually makes things a lot better, and the sound quality is phenomenally better. Yeah. So Cool. I think the, the, the end benefit that I've seen is, you know, tens of engineers working on a product versus, unfortunately, talk to we have a chat going, which is just as passionate and just as ongoing as it had ever been with Model Rail Radio. Uh, and we have all the functionality, but it's just done through Skype. The only yeah. issue would be if Call Recorder ever, you know, cracked down and didn't actually save the call. But I do do periodic saves through the recording, and thankfully it hasn't happened today. I've never had a problem with Call Recorder. Mm. Never, and I've been using it since the beginning. So no, I don't think they've I have... done a very good job. Yes, hats off to them as yeah, well. Really. So, uh, yeah. So I think. Um... And good support. In the beginning, it wasn't quite so good, mm. you know. But they were really responding. I mean, I got on a first name basis with the owner, <laughs> and a lot of people did. Very <laughs> good. Know? Very good. So yeah, I think um, I'm continuing to post episodes that are short enough to actually fit in the talk show format. Of model rail radio. Oh, wait, what's the talk? Oh, what's the uh, 100 format? Meg. 100 meg is the maximum you can upload. Oh, well, yeah, but you can certainly split them and, you know. And yeah, I, it's just, That's what I do every once in a while. I've got one that's too big, so I just split it. Yeah. Well, with model rail radio, it comes out as a, as a piece that goes on the internet archive. Uh, okay, well, that's still plenty long, isn't and it? And, you know, it gives them, if you want, it's four hours, 100 megs. I mean, they've got, they've got plenty of audio if they hit the talk shoe. Uh, you know, talk to your site anyway. So I'm and you don't really need stereo, probably. So that oh you no, can, I don't need yeah, stereo. So you can, you know, and and if it's just voice, you know, you can compress that a long way, and it still yeah, sounds can, just fine. Yeah, well, you get to kind of AM level quality. You want to, I mean, true with true talk show, you are at AM level quality anyway, or sub AM level quality. But if you're getting better than AM level quality, then you know, I, it, it does suffer, but I'm just saying, I, you know, you can get away yeah. with all sorts of shit. With this, so this. the interesting thing with when I did the biota recordings was I was contacted by people that lived in remote areas in Australia, for example, and were manually or dial-up downloading the podcast. And for them, I made a, I can't remember whether it ever went down to 16K, but I think it was pretty well 32K yeah. mono recording for them, which still sounded perfectly fine. Yeah. Like yeah. it worked. Yeah. And I removed all the audio, all the music associated with the podcast and just gave them straight audio. And that still has a relatively solid subscription base, actually, that uh, particular channel. I've been going through a series of kind of podcast deconstructions recently, but Model Rail Radio is the one that just can't stop. I mean, it has so much momentum behind it. In fact, last weekend, I had a fellow in town who was one of the co-hosts, or is one of the co-hosts, and we went round to various model rail spots with him. Yeah, my my social outing, I guess, for the uh, <laughs> for the week. Uh, but yeah, it's just gone from strength to strength. I mean, I think the interesting thing is coming up with certain ethical issues, which I'm kind of resolving in my own right, and then putting ethical out ethical issues about model railroading. Well, here's the thing. So I don't take any sponsorship. Or I don't charge any money. And we have had various manufacturers and sellers appear on the show recently just because they've called in. So I got a rather pointed email from a listener saying, uh, isn't this just an infomercial? And I've had to kind of think in my, and certainly the questions I ask are, you know, neutral to, uh, not necessarily downright hostile, but I certainly ask an occasional prickly question. However, recently, um, I celebrated a, a birthday, um, and, uh, one of the manufacturers has sent me a package based on this. So that I'm going to declare. Uh, and there's a general sense. I'm doing awards this year as well. This was the other thing that this thing is moving at an exponential rate in terms of listenership. So it gets to the point where. Yeah, but it won't forever. You can bet on that. <laughs> well, uh, I, no, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a limited audience and it's going to max out at some point. 
Yeah, the boundaries. The boundaries are but, pretty interesting. Well, where they are, who knows? But yeah, yeah, exactly. So, in fact, the whole notion of it being a limited audience is an interesting thing as well. It's a limited audience in terms of practitioners, but in terms of potential practitioners, I argue that that number is that at could least grow. Four, you're right. If, yeah, four to six right. times the number of active pr- practitioners. Well, that remains to be seen, but you're right. It probably well, is no, larger. He, no, I know this for a fact because of the people that contact me, my question back is typically, how did you find out about the show? And a majority of them find out through iDevices, iPod, iPhone, I what have you, uh, that have been given to them, and they're just putting random hobbies or previous hobbies or things that they might have been interested in. You know, and yeah. I did this early on as well, although I didn't have an iDevice, I just did it with iTunes to get podcasts. So, you know, what I ended up with was 30-odd hobbies that I've never really considered had much interest <laughs> in. There were podcasts, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, and I think that's, you know, that's the, and the interesting thing is actually moving these people into this hobby. And the fellow who came to visit was actually one of those people who didn't have a particularly strong interest, but through Model Rail Radio, he's, you know, developed maybe three or four layouts now and is doing You're and, like a pusher. I, no, it's not <laughs> like, I'm like a pusher. All I'm, these people with these needs and desires to do something, and there you are out there. Fishing around for people you can sell for model railroading to. <laughs> so, I, don't, I would have put. Um, it's more like a vortex point, I think, more than anything. Oh, I just, I'm just playing with you. I mean, it's I the same thing I'm doing. You know. Yeah, to some <laughs> extent. I, but the, the thing about it is that I am so. I mean, for the, case in point, and this is beautiful because our audience is in no way. Well, actually, there are half a dozen people that listen to both. Our discussions and model rail really? are there. Yes. Well, you've spoken to one of them, yeah. to Chris Abbott. Yeah. So um, I went to these layouts, and the layouts are really—they're uh, more about psychology than anything else. These are layouts. Oh, you mean uh, you're talking about? Yeah, they're they're set up uh, in, they're down set up. in the garage they're, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Their little world. Their world. Yes, yeah. exactly. And it is very much a, a strange exploration. Oh, I bet, yeah. Psychology. Oh. oh, have you visited a lot of these people's... Well, uh, no, I've been, I'm, I'm only into a small number. I'm relatively... But the ones, for example, there's the fellow in the north... Uh, well, he's not he's in the central, central Bay. Uh, I've taken video footage of his layout on a couple of occasions. He's in his mid to late 70s, and he talks candidly about this, but others talk about it as well, that he's just afraid of his own death. And this layout is an embodiment of this fear in large part. Really? Uh, and here's a very curious thing. I mean, my... And several other people have backed this up. Yes. And he's that told... It, that it something about fear of death? Yes. Hmm. Huh. Uh, and he's told me this directly as well. Uh, what does he fear? He fears that he won't get it completed before he passes away. Oh, so he doesn't fear death. He fears not well, doing okay. what he wants to okay. do. So that's what but, he sits but the embodiment of the way that he has done things okay. is yeah. kind of progressive areas of panic. He uh, feels like he's wasted his life. Yeah, this is yeah, this is the common theme, I think. No, well, they so, have. They're right. They would have been laying around on stupid fucking model railroads and come out and change the world. Yes. Well, I think the perception is that they have le- <laughs> Let me talk to these guys. I'll set them straight. Well, they they believe that they've reached a level of success in certain aspects of their lives. A large part of it is also connected to financial success as well, which is what I'm finding really quite curious. Because these are all things which I... Are these um, people who are well off? I mean, yes, or are yes. they struggling for this? No, 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 they're well off. They're oh, okay. very well off. Okay. Well, no wonder they feel guilty. They're well off and they're wasting their time on model railroading. <laughs> this is the interesting thing. You see, back when we last talked, in fact, the fellows actually appeared in the Stone 8 feed at least, I was doing a wargaming podcast that I'm no longer doing. Uh, and that in and of itself was very curious. Um, because I basically did a negative review associated... Well, it wasn't even a negative review. It was an honest review. <laughs> it had various negative points in it associated with someone who was sponsoring the podcasts, um, you know, someone who appeared in their publication. That was just a lot of nonsense. But the thing that struck me about Wargamers was that they were even more model railroaders than model railroaders are in this regard, in terms of just, yeah. 
So it's exploring a strange kind of almost disturbed psychology, which I'm now feeling <laughs> these are the people that I'm, you know, I am the minister to this degree. <laughs> to this flock okay. of loonies. So I don't know how I can actually resolve this in some coherent fashion. No, you don't have to. No, <laughs> you know, you can just let it slide. <laughs> keep on going, keep on going, yeah. So uh, it is something that I'm finding because the... The notion of actually entering into these layouts and seeing vast quantities, firstly, of trains that they just have on the shelves. They just have, you know, ten, fifteen thousand dollars worth of stuff. And on how the important shelf. is it to them? I mean, are they just desperate for recognition that they have all this neat stuff? I don't know. I mean, my reaction is always associated with. On some level, I'm still deconstructing how to actually respond to this. In some, because there is an element of, um, I don't know. I'd get as much money out of them as I could. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Well, others have come before and done this. Yeah. And you I know, think... it's not an infinite amount, but you could probably clean up pretty well. Ah, <laughs> uh, Harold. Yeah, I need your level of cynicism, clearly. I mean, that's, that's what's missing in my life currently. I still have a few ethical... Uh, well, I no, the thing is, the trick is to do it with ethics. I mean, yeah. you know, that's, that's the trick, is to do it in a way that satisfies my ethics and gets me the money. So there's something interesting about this as well, particularly because... So we, we had a discussion initially with the first fellow who I hadn't met previously who had a similarly palatial layout with, with trains on the wall and wide variety of other things. Uh, but he was a little bit younger. He's a little bit younger than the, the fellow who I'd seen previously. And um, we had a discussion initially about why I hadn't lived in the Bay Area for the whole period. And I made the point, as I think I have with you, that basically there had been this class action. Well, the class action was in response to seven odd technology companies artificially deflating salaries, so it was almost impossible for software engineers to actually survive in the Bay Area. And I made the point that in the past decade, I was living more comfortably in Vegas than I could live in the Bay Area and the salaries that were being offered. Yeah. And the thing with these people is that they've lived here on s substantial salaries, exploiting niches in many cases. And this is their legacy, basically, is these layouts. And I'm now in that environment. I guess I'm sensitive to this toxicity because I'm returning to this environment. So um, the weekend before, I traveled down to Los Gatos. I'm, I don't think you've ever been to Los Gatos. Yeah, I've been through there. I've been in Santa Cruz, and I've been through... Uh, yeah, so I've been around Okay, there. so you've... Okay. So it has this strange kind of affluent mountain town feel about it where it's not like uh, Palo Alto, where it's all label fashion stores at every mm. point and no bookstores. But it doesn't have any bookstores. It has kind of expensive coffee shops. And I found this strange... This is another walk into this environment. I, I must seek these people out. <laughs> but there was this strange toy soldier store that I went into. Mm. And it was... Um, A toy soldier store. <laughs> it's called the Sierra uh, Toy Soldier Company. You can look it up online. Well, they must listen. be an online thing, too. They more. do online yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. the yeah. store is just oh, a front. The <laughs> toy soldiers sell for 25 to 55 US dollars a piece. That's the cheapest yeah. toy soldiers that they sell individually. Yeah. And while I was in there, and it's run by a British couple, so I kind of humored them and mentioned that I had a collection, but my toy soldiers are considerably smaller than the ones that they're selling. They're selling, you know, 55 millimeter tall toy soldiers, you know, two plus inches tall yeah. uh, with hand painting and all this kind of stuff, which, you know, I have interest in as well, but just smaller. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so I struck up a conversation with these people, and while I was there, this banker came in from the East Coast, from New Jersey, and he had come to the Bay Area specifically to go to the store. <laughs> and it was just like this. I used to have this experience in jewelry shops in the UK. Where we lived in the UK was particularly affluent. All the footballers lived in the area. And I'd go into jewelry stores occasionally. I may have told you this story. Um, and in one case, I went in on Valentine's Day just to get my wife a, a small locket, basically. And this woman ran in and she said, uh, The car's running. I've got £5,000. What can you get me? <laughs> and I went into the same jewelry store 
went to that's the same great. store. Oh, See, we they need to give us their money. I mean, that's what we're here there. What's what we're here for? You know, well, we need to know. help those people out. They got too much money and, and not enough time, and, yes. and too much time too. Too yes. much time, too much money. They got too much of everything. Well, yeah, I guess that's Los Gatos, basically. <laughs> it's the embodiment of Los Gatos. Yeah. Well, it must and be I, a nice little reality tunnel, you know. It's surreal to me. It really is. Uh, I went well. Firstly, when I interviewed for my current job, they put me up there, so I wandered around there. And it was all this stuff is repressed memories as well, which is what's really curious. Because when I was living in Los Gatos, it was probably the hardest time that I spent in the Bay Area. Everything was crumbling apart. I had barely enough money to eat. I was living in accommodation that was provided by people who wanted to do the next startup with me, but it was clear that that thing didn't have any legs, and it was just yeah. a very strange time for me. Yeah. So it was strange walking on the Los Gatos streets and realizing that it wasn't actually a dream. <laughs> no, it was just another place full of language monkeys. <laughs> yeah, it's not a particularly, it's a particularly strange caliber of language monkeys. Oh, yeah, yeah, they've got their own... Well, the place I live in Orange County, the Starbucks I used to go to was right across the street from this big hotshot mall, you know, and all the people in their Mercedes, the housewives who go shopping and... And then they'd come to Starbucks afterwards to examine their booty, <laughs> you know, and have a latte. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Consumer therapy. Hmm. I guess my search for the authentic conversation is going to be very strong while I live here. I think what we're planning on well, It always is. That's what the Internet's for. You, you, I, I agree. The, yeah, I agree. Yeah, uh, good luck so, trying to find it in Los Gatos. <laughs> yeah. I don't think we're going to be living in Los Gatos. So I've made it relatively clear to my wife that uh, we, we need to find another place in the, in the Bay to live. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's got to be in How the South How about Santa Bay. Cruz? Oh, I like Santa Cruz, but Santa Cruz is a different kind of Los Gatos. Yeah, well, it's a, well, yeah, yeah, but a very different kind. Uh, to a certain extent. Yeah. This, well, this what you focus on. No, you're right. Well, yeah. listen, no matter where you go, there's mostly language monkeys, so there's no getting around that. Yeah, I mean, there's some mountain towns and things like that. but they Yeah, just but they still have language exactly, monkeys in them, exactly. so yeah. it's not going to yeah. make that much difference. I think the interesting thing, because we're moving back into a relatively small apartment, is that we have apartment life to return to for a period of time at yeah. least. Yeah, uh, no responsibilities. It's great. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, you, yeah, I'm, I'm not particularly looking forward to apartment life, but I'm sure we'll survive. Yeah. Well, you uh, like to own, huh? It's not that I like to own. It's just the density of language monkeys is much greater in apartments. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. No, you're right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, apartments aren't the only options. There are lots of people who have nice, like, units behind their houses. Yeah, that was also an option that we considered. Michelle, uh, sorry, well, my wife, called maybe a dozen of these places uh -huh. to try and find a place and just couldn't deal with the Bay Area mentality that she was confronted with. Really? Uh, she had some very curious conversations with some very curious people. Well, the thing is, you got to go there. You gotta, yeah. you, I mean, it's the only way it's going to work anyway. You can't make any deal on the phone. Yeah, well, anyway, so... Uh, we tr well, it didn't. Anyway, possibly. there are other possible, but you didn't find anything. So, but I think we will be looking to own just because I I like having you know a certain. I mean, the last place we lived in in Vegas, we had horrible neighbors. They did a wide variety of things to us, and I walked over with great pleasure and told them that we were leaving. Mm. Uh, and I said, "Why are you even communicating?" These people called animal control on us, for example. And my wife said, well, why are you even talking to me? I said, I was happy to tell them we were leaving because they now realize that they're going to have renters in our place. <laughs> and they're going to have to deal well, with Well, yeah, that. that's right. You get to choose who's going to live there, don't you? Exactly. Right. You yeah. ought to. Oh, yeah. You didn't threat. Did you threaten them or oh, say, no, I wonder, I wonder who your neighbors will be? When, hmm. when you're a foreigner <laughs> in this country. You can pretend not to hear certain things, and you can just chuckle yeah. to yourself in yeah. other times. Yeah. And people honestly think either you don't understand what they're saying, or <laughs> you're living in your own world. But yeah. the latter is true. Yeah. But uh, the former is, and I use it continuously when I are in positions where I'm dealing with aggressive people, because there's no other response to bizarro aggression and these people were just off the charts in fact the, ironically the animal control guy and i actually got on really well 
Uh, he went through the house, he inspected the backyard, he said, there's no problem here. And I said, no, actually, it's just our neighbour. He's done this to a number of other people. And he said, oh, I've had a case like that previously. Uh, I said, look, if you get a second call, just take down his name and address. We know who he is. But, you know, the first call isn't... The first one's free. They get to do the first one anonymously. But that experience, I mean, to deal firstly with someone, he's not law enforcement per se, but he has a taser and some spray kind of turning up well, on your door. It's still a pain in the ass to have to exactly. deal with this shit. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. anyway, I wrote yeah. a very polite letter. You know, dancing with the Stars might be on. Shit. Anything could... Well, 11 a.m. on a Sunday. <laughs> I might be dancing with the Stars. Who knows? So, yes, I, I'm well aware that one can have bad neighbors, but nonetheless, the difference between... Being no, apartments. In a... I haven't lived in an apartment for years. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't do that. Well, that's why I started a long time ago renting space in people's houses. And a lot of people, like I say, have add-on things behind that are, you know, if you find the right one, can be quite nice, you know. Yeah, we considered that, as I've said, uh, and we just couldn't find one. Yeah. Uh, and I think you're right. I've had to look yeah. long and hard to find the ones that exactly. I found. It's not easy. Yeah, yeah. but... Well, you could still look for one while you're living in your apartment. You might find one. True. And then you could go meet the people and see the My space. view, however, is that these things are wasted money, and in the current economic climate, buying is still a better option in the, you know, medium term at least. You know, we'll save a bit yeah. of money, we'll find a place and we'll buy it. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not particularly fussed with that. A standalone and, house, you mean, or what? Yeah. With a yeah. yard and everything yeah, in a Yeah, I think probably and... our, our plan is basically to have a small house with a big yard. And that's the way we can work it. I and think. a gardener. Uh, you see, I, you see, my wife is against me gardening because I gardened in the UK fine. We had wonderful plants, everything worked out fine. We did have a gardener in the UK as well who came and trimmed the shrubs and things like that. But um, in Vegas, the weather was just so inhospitable that the things that I did plant grew fine for a period of time and then were eaten by dust storms and various other things. <laughs> I think what I can do here is have a covert garden that I progressively roll out. No, but and I mean it, the yard, the lawn and all that stuff. If, you, if you're living in suburbia in a house on a lot, <laughs> then you've got lawns to deal with. Or maybe not. Maybe it's all landscape. I don't know. I started this life mowing lawns, and I think I'll probably yeah, end this yeah, life. Okay, but, yeah, I, I started. I gave it up, man. I never again. <laughs> yeah. That's what developed a taste for beer. Actually, that was the only thing. With <laughs> but anyway, so no, I don't have any problem with. I mean, if if we have a mower, even a push push mower, I don't have. I mean, I'm, well, some you know, people I, like that stuff, you know. Yeah. yeah, I'm not particularly fussed by that. But anyway, so you know, that's an adventure coming in the future, and I'm, I guess. On some level, I'm using that to justify the hours currently. But truth be told, the hours doing bludgeoning work versus the hours doing actually interesting work that lots of people are going to see and use is a different thing in and of oh, itself. Oh, yeah, so, absolutely. Uh, I'm not particularly fussed by the current circumstances. That's great. Uh, but it has been a remarkably long day, and the evening is catching up with me, Heron. So I, I just wanted to have a chance to have a chat with you. Um, but I'm probably going to have to turn in and uh, okay. drink some water and... Call it a night, I think. Fair enough. <laughs> it's been an absolute pleasure, and we've got a lot of things to discuss coming in the future. I've had a few things I wanted to talk to you about, but I didn't write them down on a piece of paper just so we could have some a decompression conversation initially. Yeah, well, whatever. You remember, the whole thing has always been in your ballpark anyway, so yeah, I'm just here when you, you know, when you decide to take advantage of me. Always. always <laughs> I, I'm not sure if I'll, I don't think I'll be able to catch up. I mean, you've, I think you've recorded more than 40 podcasts since I... Yeah, since I dropped out of podcast listening. Yeah, I um, have no idea. There have been some uh, kind of interesting ones in there, hmm, but I, I don't know which ones they are, and I don't like them. Yeah, I used them, to so. have favorites, and I used to go back. So what I'll try to... Yeah, I, uh, listen, don't worry about it. Yeah. You know, if, yeah. if you find that that's what you want to do, you know I'll love it. <laughs> you know, I, there is one more thing I want to talk about, though, if, mm -hmm. you, if you'll give me another couple Certainly. minutes. And it's uh, the seventh podcast that you and I did. It's number 428 on my oh, list. Goodness. Do you know which one I'm talking about? Let me see. Well, I have them all numbered differently, but uh, let me uh, see. It is uh, one hour, 39 minutes, and 12 seconds long. Yeah, but I'll have different uh, numbers as well uh, because I edit mine differently. So let's go back. It's the seventh podcast. The seventh one on my list, so that might make it sixth on yours or something because I might have It's just the idea of the machine versus the computer. I have no idea what's on it. What date is on it? Um... Hold There's on. one on August 10th and one on August 17th. 
Well, let me uh, let me look and see here. I'm not quite sure how I'm going to figure that out. What specifically about this podcast is particularly interesting? Oh, to? the number of downloads it gets. Oh. This one podcast it continues to get between 20 and 40 downloads every week. Well, 20 and 30, you say. Okay, so let me look. And not all the other ones, you know, just that one. Okay, so the two <laughs> topics of conversation are Heron raises the idea of the machine versus the computer, atomic explores pedantry and pharmacology versus psychology. Well, that the sounds interesting. then moves into the perspective of history and possible understanding of history. Heron raises the hope and soul that it discusses suicide and moving. Heron talks about travel. Tom discusses publishing information and hobbies. They conclude with an overview on Tom's writing. Ah, that's awesome. You, you know that's, what? It that's is. amazing. That that um... you know what it is. It's Wikipedia. Let me find this for you. This is Wikipedia. Ah. Uh, let's find it. Okay. Uh... <laughs> Uh, what is right, it? Because your book has a has a page on Wikipedia. Let me see. Or you have a page on Wikipedia. Aaron has a post. I, I love how you have you've uh, you know put those the word abstracts on on uh, those <laughs> files. That's really so helpful. You know, I wish I wasn't such a lazy asshole. That must take you forever. Well, you actually have to listen to the whole thing and take notes. Well, I just I have to kind of edit things down, and yeah. I do it at speed. It's not a it's not a struggle. But uh, let me see. Well, it's no, not that more one. of a struggle than I'm willing to go to. It's not that one. It might be dolphin versus rat, but it's not the the fate one. Is the one like you know what on earth could it be? Yeah, but it's that one. It's number four twenty-eight. If you go to my, you know, talk shoe archive, it's oh number four twenty-eight. I don't even know what your what's your talk shoe archive's number. Twenty-five or two fifty eighteen. Well, you don't have to do it now. You can no, just, no, just let know me, it's let me number do it. four twenty-eight. Two fifty what? Eighteen. Two fifty eighteen. No, no. Yeah, two fifty eighteen. Yeah, either that or two fifty-eight. I hope. Here we are. Okay, yeah. and it's. Number 428, so you'll have to go back maybe oh 10 pages or something. Okay, I found it. What was the date on it? The date is August the 10th. Okay, so that's Dolphin versus Rat. Download numbers start the topics closely followed by the general format of the show going on. Tom volunteers his thoughts about personal productivity and the failure of the TED conferences. Tom then moves... Uh, the discussion on to Google blocking his site, and uh, Google blocking sites including his own, uh, the neutering of discourse on net neutrality. Heron starts the main topic for the discussion on survival. This sh uh, is shortly circumvented by Tom discussing assumptions of a higher level of interest, Heron's views on marriage and monastic <laughs> pursuits, a G-rated version of history versus reality. The conversation concludes with a long discussion of how to survive the potential social collapse. Now, that is not, I don't think, referenced by anything I know of in Wikipedia. Hmm. Let me just double-check that. Yeah. What other things do I have that might have audio? I don't know. How long it's, is that podcast? Uh, under my edit, I don't have the times up. Oh, I don't okay. this link. So, yeah, I'd need to download yeah. it. But, so that one gets, what, 40 a week, you were saying? Uh, between, well, between 20 and 30, say. Mm. A week. I mean, and it's way down on the list, 428. So, I mean, there's a lot of activity in the in the last couple of weeks. And then after that, it's people coming in and downloading the whole archive one at a time <laughs> or something, you know. And, uh -huh. and little things here and there, like the old, the original Five Stupidities gets between 10 and, it's all over the place, between 10 and like 50 downloads a week. So there's a good, uh, unfortunately I can't do this. I've got to go back to your link associated with this one. What was it? 422, you said. 428. 28. Yeah, 428. 428. It's on page uh, 18. 18. Yep. Yeah. That's what I'm looking at. So with Google, you can do a reverse search provided they were linking directly to it. So if we right click, copy link. Then we go to Google, we should be able to see what links directly with it. Oh, really? You're we'll very see clever. That. See, it's good to have people around like you actually know something. Uh, <laughs> I just fooled you. I just fooled you. Well, Aaron. you did a good job. You fooled me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, it's just, found, it's just found the site. This is not giving us a good link. So, yeah, that's the question. Why is that 
one podcast getting I mean and all around it is a sea of ones. <laughs> I can't answer that. And then there's three fifty eight, which has a, another double digit number, and then it's ones and twos all around that. Yeah. So this one particular, this is some strange down. This is a test download for some strange algorithm that's just hitting it. This makes no sense, Eric. Huh. Yeah. Okay. I thought maybe you were screwing with me and telling no. all of your friends. See, that would be a real paranoid personality who figures somebody is trying to make me. <laughs> wonder about someone's fucking but, with me <laughs> but you haven't come back to listen to that particular podcast no not, right? it's not that important well, i started to listen to it and it didn't seem to be anything all that interesting and i can't imagine yeah. anything that you and i would say could be all that interesting you the know? failure at the ted conferences maybe the uh ted <laughs> luminati are after me finally yeah, they want I, the, the munitions that they need yeah and that's the other thing is it something that is it something that you did or is it something i did Mm. You know, uh, and or is it any of those? Is it uh, yeah, again some freak link somewhere in the universe that is <laughs> pushing people into this thing for some reason? Who knows? Who knows? Okay. Well, I don't. don't I don't check the stats. I should check the stats on Stone Ape as well. I don't even check the stats on that. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what people are listening to. Well, we have another recording for it now, so we've come from <laughs> <a> circle. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Heron, I'm fading fast. My throat's getting dry, but it's been a pleasure as always. Okay. I'll talk to you soon. Take good, care. Good night.